Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, July 8th. In today's news, the admiral who was poised to become the Navy's top officer will retire instead after getting caught up in a scandal. Billionaire liberal environmentalist Tom Steyer plans to run for president. And the British ambassador to Washington called President Trump inept in several cables that have leaked. But first, the big idea. Agents with ICE and the FBI have turned state driver's license databases into a facial recognition goldmine. They're scanning through millions of Americans' photos without their knowledge or consent. Thousands of facial recognition requests, internal documents, and emails written over the past five years were obtained through public records requests by researchers at Georgetown Law School and then provided to my Post colleague, Drew Harwell. These documents reveal that federal investigators have turned state departments of motor vehicle databases into the bedrock of an unprecedented surveillance infrastructure. Police have long had access to fingerprints, DNA, and other biometric data taken from criminal suspects. But the DMV records contain the photos of a vast majority of any state's residents, most of whom have never been charged with any crime. Neither Congress nor state legislatures have authorized the development of such a system, and growing numbers of Democratic and Republican lawmakers are criticizing the technology as a dangerous, pervasive, and error-prone surveillance tool. Since 2011, the FBI has logged more than 390,000 facial recognition searches of federal and local databases, including state DMV databases. The records show that federal investigators have forged daily working relationships with DMV officials in many states. In Utah alone, for example, FBI and ICE agents logged more than a thousand facial recognition searches between 2015 and 2017. These new records show the regular use of facial recognition searches to track down suspects for pretty low-level crimes, including cashing a stolen check and petty theft. Searches are often executed with nothing more formal than an email from a federal agent to a local contact with an image attached and no explanation, certainly not a search warrant. In the backdrop of the immigration wars, these new records underscore the conflicts between the laws of some states and the federal push to find and deport undocumented immigrants. For example, Utah, Vermont, and Washington allow undocumented immigrants to obtain driver's licenses, but ICE agents have run facial recognition searches on those DMV databases. An ICE spokesman declined to answer our questions about how the agency uses facial recognition searches, saying it would compromise sources and methods. What we do know is that the FBI's facial recognition search has access to local, state, and federal databases containing more than 641 million photos of people's faces. But the agency, the FBI, in addition to ICE not commenting, provides little or no information about when these searches are used, who's targeted, and, maybe more importantly, how often searches return false matches. That's what civil rights advocates worry about. They say that the inaccuracies of facial recognition technology pose a heightened danger of misidentification and false arrests. The software's precision is highly dependent on a number of factors, including the lighting of a subject's face and the quality of the underlying image. Academic research has shown that this technology performs much less accurately on people with darker skin. In other words, people of color. 
We're seeing some growing signs of pushback at the local level to all of this. San Francisco and Somerville, Massachusetts, have banned their police and public agencies from using facial recognition software at all. And this Wednesday, top officials from TSA, Customs and Border Patrol, and the Secret Service have been summoned to testify at a House hearing about how their agencies use facial recognition technology. Welcome to the brave new world. In other immigration-related news, the Justice Department last night announced that it is swapping out the lawyers who have been representing the Trump administration in its legal battle to put a question about citizenship on the 2020 census. This is a signal that career attorneys have legal and ethical concerns over the maneuvering ordered by the president. A person familiar with the matter says that at least some of the career attorneys who have been reassigned have harbored concerns about the administration's handling of the case. The staffing change comes as the department is moving toward what most analysts agree is increasingly unsteady legal ground in a bid to add the citizenship question despite a Supreme Court decision that would seem to bar it from doing so. Trump said on Friday that he's mulling an executive order to add the question. That's a move being pushed by some of his conservative allies, but legal analysts say it would be unlikely to succeed in court. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, a four-star admiral who was due to take over as the Navy's top officer on August 1st will instead retire, citing his interactions with a subordinate accused of acting inappropriately toward female officers. William Moran, the vice chief of naval operations, said in a statement late last night that he will decline his appointment as the next chief of naval operations. Two Navy officials tell my colleague Dan Lamothe that Moran resigned after meeting earlier in the day with Navy Secretary Richard Spencer. The officials said the issue emerged after recent FOIA requests were made that will lead to scrutiny of Moran's correspondence with Commander Chris Cervello, who was removed from his position as the spokesman for Admiral John Richardson, the former chief of naval operations, in August of 2017. The Navy substantiated allegations that Cervello drank heavily at a holiday party at the Pentagon while dressed in a Santa Claus costume, and that he acted inappropriately toward multiple women. A 2017 investigation by the Navy concluded that Cervello used his professional standing to make very strong advances toward at least two different junior officers that either worked for him or needed to see him on a regular basis in the course of business. The Navy said alcohol was involved in both incidents. Number two, here comes another presidential candidate. Tom Steyer, the billionaire liberal environmental activist, has privately told friends that he plans to enter the crowded Democratic field. While Steyer announced in January that he would not seek the White House, he has grown dissatisfied with the 2020 field, even though there's 23 candidates, and he's now eager to jump into the contest, despite some of his closest confidants and friends warning him about the challenges and the political cost of such a bid. The former hedge fund manager could make an announcement as soon as Tuesday, but a firm rollout plan is being deliberated. A Steyer campaign would likely focus on impeaching and defeating Trump and climate change, two causes that have animated Steyer's advocacy and where he's become a prominent national voice. Steyer's need to impeach group has generated a large membership list and held town hall meetings across the nation. Steyer and his efforts have received significantly less attention since he said he wasn't going to run six months ago. Perhaps he thinks getting in the race will make him relevant again. Some of that will depend on how much of his $1.6 billion fortune he's willing to spend. Number three, 
The British ambassador to the United States described the White House as, quote, uniquely dysfunctional. He told his counterparts back home in London that Trump was inept and insecure. And he warned that the Trump administration could collapse in disgrace. In a cache of leaked diplomatic cables dating from 2017 to the present, Sir Kim Darak warned that Trump and Jared Kushner might be in debt to, quote, dodgy Russians. He also said that Trump could wreck the world trade system and warned just last month that this administration still might go to war with Iran even after that strike was called off. In one cable, the ambassador wrote to the National Security Advisor at 10 Downing Street, quote, this is a direct quote, we don't really believe this administration is going to become substantially more normal, less dysfunctional, less unpredictable, less faction-riven, and less diplomatically clumsy and inept. Excerpts from the memos were leaked to the Daily Mail on Saturday. The British news media, including the BBC, picked them up on Sunday. The British Foreign Office called these leaks mischievous, but a British official confirmed the authenticity of the cables to our London bureau chief. The ambassador also warned his counterparts not to write Trump off or to underestimate his re-election prospects. Though mired in scandal, he wrote in a confidential memo, Trump could still, quote, emerge from the flames, battered but intact, like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the final scenes of The Terminator. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, July 8th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. Hopefully you had a wonderful long weekend. I'll talk to you tomorrow.